This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. Her name is Stephanie Nwesi. She is the CEO and founder of MaxUp. It is a career coaching firm whose mission is to maximize the potential of the future leaders of the nation. She is a first-gen Latina. Woohoo! I'm so excited to have somebody who I can relate to so much. She's also Dominican. We're going to be chatting all about that. Stephanie is passionate about career coaching and public speaking. She has been giving over 300 workshops in 10 different countries where she's been a guest speaker in companies like Willie, the APAC, UBS, LinkedIn, and more. She's also been featured in places like Fox News, ABC News, the Denver Channel, CPA Journal, and so many more. What I love the most about MaxUp is that she also concentrates on working with people of color, people that come from backgrounds just like you and I, people that like to come and listen to this podcast. Stephanie's mission is to create the impact in the world one person at a time. Stephanie, I don't know if I did it any justice. So welcome to Careers in Review and tell us a little bit about you and your amazing, amazing and remarkable story. I absolutely love this. Thank you so much for having me. And every time people read my bio, I feel like I'm 50 years old, but I'm not, I promise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you for having me here again. My name is Stephanie. As you said, I'm 24 years old. I grew up in the Dominican Republic and came to the U.S. in 2015. And when I came here, one of the things I noticed was that many people like me struggle with knowing how to really get in their careers, especially people that come from non-traditional backgrounds. And so I made it my mission to help those people that went through that, through my content creation that I do on all these different social media platforms and also through Maxo where I help people. And most recently, also doing a lot of like events and and speaking to people about how they can really advance in their careers. And so I'm really excited to do all of this with just 24 years old, which I think it's important to mention because a lot of people like me that are like really young in their careers think that they have to have some sort of age um, or experience to start something. And I started when I was 19. And so I hope that with this, we're starting off right away telling people that they can do what they want and they don't have to be or or have a certain expectations to do something. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? It's so interesting because I was just talking to someone in the community and they felt behind in their 20s. They were like, do you think it's weird that I'm like 20 something and I'm still at this position? You think that people are going to think it's strange if they take a look at my resume? And I just think it's so valuable that you mentioned your age and in the beginning how you said people are going to think I'm 50 with this bio, but it doesn't matter. We're all at different stages in our lives and we are afforded different opportunities and we have different personalities and we get to open different doors in our lives at different ages. Like remember Oprah and people, you know, that are have made it big. They didn't have those opportunities until later in life. But in this case, like you, Stephanie, although you came into this country later in life, like you weren't born here, yet you still were able to open opportunities for yourself at a very young age. So start by telling me that, like, how are you 24 standing here with me doing this podcast, having been featured in all these amazing publications, working at the company that you work at, doing all these speaking engagements. By the way, the latest one that you did in Spanish, talking to people that were double your age, that are business owners, full-blown entrepreneurs. 
tell me about that. Like, how did that happen? And how are you 24 years old with this amazing bio? Like, we need to know. So for all of you, I actually started very early on when I was in college. I interned a lot of different firms from accounting, finance, and then eventually went to tech. And so as I was going through my career, I started making and building connections really early on. And so I can tell you in 2019, I attended about 25 conferences. I was traveling across the country because as a student, I believe that there were a lot of opportunities out there that people don't know about. And as I built those connections, those same conferences that I attended as a student later on invited me to be one of the speakers. And so that's how like many of those opportunities kind of like came to life because I built the connection and I kept the connection alive. And after people saw my potential and after they saw that I kept being consistent and working and showing up, they actually wanted me to be the keynote speaker for all those events and conferences. And so I actually made a post about it, how I went to one of those conferences as a student. And then last year, they invited me as the main closing keynote speaker. And I was only 23. And I was actually the youngest keynote speaker of that entire conference. And so for me, that was an honor because feeling like I can open up opportunities and doors for others that look like me and others that have the same age, it's kind of like really important to me. And so how that one conference that you referred earlier about uh, me speaking to entrepreneurs, business owners, I was actually probably the youngest in that room as well. There was like 100 to 200 people. And the way it happened is that, again, building connections, creating content on LinkedIn. Someone found me on LinkedIn and say, hey, we have this big conference happening in Central America. We know you speak full Spanish and we will be super interested to hear your thoughts about this topic, but you will be speaking to this audience. And when they told me that, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome because I kept thinking like, wow, I'm going to step up on a stage in front of people that, as you said, are double my age. I probably have much more knowledge and experience than me yet they want to hear from me. And so I was really scared and nervous thinking like, I think they're going to judge me. I I don't think they're going to believe anything I say because I don't have the experience they have. And to really like change the coin, how we say, I stood up in that stage and I literally spoke for an hour and a half and the people listened. And people ask questions. And I was so surprised and shocked after the event happened because I kept thinking, what would have happened if I say no? What would have happened if I let my imposter syndrome and my limited beliefs take over that decision? I wouldn't have the opportunity to be here and I wouldn't be able to tell you this story now. And a lot of people think that, you know, they stop doing something because imposter syndrome, they stop doing it because they don't believe they can do it. And that happens with everything in life, with your job search, with everything. And you, we lose an opportunities because of that decisiveness that we need. And so I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad that I started early on in my career building that brand, which eventually allowed me to have these opportunities now. Yeah. Wow. A lot to unpack there. I have so many questions. First, I heard, you know, you've started building connections early and that's one of the important things that I want to talk about because I get a lot of questions about that too. How do you do that? The second piece is how were you able to keep those connections alive? Because you did mention that, you know, I kept going back. I kept keeping those connections in the back packet. And sometimes it's not even with an intention of getting anything out of it, right? Like that's not usually why you do it. 
the third piece that you mentioned was that personal brand, which by the way, if whoever's not listening, Stephanie just launched an amazing course, which I'm a part of. I'm inside of that course, all about your personal branding. So if you're interested in learning more about that, we're going to be putting that in the show notes so that you can check it out. Pretty affordable. Shameless plug here on behalf of Stephanie. (laughs) Lovely. And also, how exactly do you do this on top of everything else? Because obviously you have a nine to five, you have max up. And of course, speaking engagements is like one little leg of your business. So let's backtrack a little bit and talk to me about the network piece. Because as an immigrant, that's one of the huge disadvantages that we have coming into the United States. because. Majority of people who are born here have some sort of pass down from family members or parents like, hey, like I have a friend that I worked with, like maybe they'll give you an internship, go and shake hands, whatever the case might be. But for us immigrants, we have to pave the path for ourselves, for our parents and whoever else. So you and I have that in common, like you and I created that network for ourselves. Tell me how you did that, especially because you started so young. Absolutely. So I remember when I was here in college, I used to see my friends going around saying, I got an internship at Goldman Sachs. I got an internship at this big company. And I did not even know what an internship was. That's how bad it was. I did not even know what that was because it's not something that's super famous in my home country. And so I kept thinking that I was behind at 18, 19 years old, I mean, can you imagine feeling behind at 19 years old when you're just supposed to be figuring out what you're doing? And so I started learning, seeing what people were doing and started doing things on my own. Like I created my own LinkedIn profile. I remember in 2018, and we're talking about five years ago, I was like probably a sophomore in school or something. And I was doing presentations for other students. Like, this is how your LinkedIn should be. This is how it should look. Because I spent a lot of time like observing and like studying how to be good at LinkedIn and how to like have connections. And aside from that, attending all these events, attending all these conferences, I felt a lot of pressure because my English, first of all, was not good. For all of you that are listening, I learned English when I came to the United States in 2015. I came with little to no English. I wouldn't, like, I didn't even know how to have a conversation with people, let alone, like, going introducing myself to people. That was absolutely, like, bad for me. And so I had to show up in those, like, professional networking events, career fairs, and, like, having to introduce myself and talk to people and be in interviews. And a lot of the times it was hard for me because I didn't know how to, like, really have that conversation flowing, but I did want them to know that I had the potential. It took for me to learn a year to three years as an ESL. If you don't know what an ESL is, English is a second language. So basically, I was taking five to six hours of English every week for three years on top of like my regular coursework to be able to speak the English that I speak now. And the reason why I'm telling this is because a lot of people don't talk about the beginnings. And I want people to see that there was a beginning. There was something that brought me to where I am now. And based on that, I picked up on my English and I was able to start doing those networking with people. And I think that's what really like helped me to start. Now you ask, how do you keep that network and that connection alive? And I think that's what a lot of people fail that because they get the connection, but they don't know how to keep the connection alive. And I would say it's important to always update your connections on what you're doing, reach out to them every now and then a month, three months, you really choose how to do it. That's how I kept all my connections alive. One thing that I do 
every year and that I recommend people to do if you're really close with your connections. I have a list of all the people I've met throughout the past few years, like 800 people that I really connected with. And every year in Thanksgiving, I send them a handwritten letter. So there's a lot of different like cheap options online where you just like handwritten the letter. You can take a picture of it and then that one platform will send it to all of your connections via email. And every Thanksgiving date at 8 a.m. in the morning, my connections in that list get a handwritten letter for me. And people remember me because of that, because I go the extra mile. So that's the key message here. Go the extra mile on everything you do. And that's how you're going to really succeed because it's not just about starting the networking piece. It's also about keeping that consistency and keeping their relationships alive. And the last thing I would say as an immigrant it's really hard for us to really like start building those connections. I would say start looking into your alumni, look into people that are around you, your school friends, look for people that work at companies that you want to work for and start reaching out to them. There's a lot of different templates online on how you could do that. I mean, there's even chat GPT and all these different things that you can, like, can really like help you formulate a message. I mean, there's so many different tools. And so the point is that you have to do the job. Unfortunately, like I'm, I, I'm here to be like really transparent and honest to people. Like you have to put in the work and you have to be ready to like be consistently doing the work for a really long time. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that you said that because I think that's what's missing here. A lot of people keep asking the same question, but how do you do it? How do you do it? How did you get to get here? It's the work. Like you have to make sure that you are doing what 99% of people are not willing to do which is putting in the work, right? Because it just looks so easy when you have all the accolades and all the numbers and all the publications and all the names after your last name, right? Like it's just easy to see that. And only, for example, in your case, you have 180 something thousand followers on LinkedIn. You have 40 something thousand on IG and however many else in the other social media platforms. And like, they just look at you as like, oh, that's amazing. Like, she's so lucky. Like, she's so lucky to have that. But they don't go back and take a look at Stephanie Nuessi's 2018, when she barely spoke any English, when she had no idea what an internship was, how she had that imposter syndrome. And I'm sure you still have, because we all do at a certain point when we go in advance and go higher, that imposter syndrome gets worse or like a different type of imposter syndrome. But going back to that, you just talked about it when you were going in front of those entrepreneurs, like, what if they don't listen? Like, who am I to talk to these people? Like, why are they going to listen to me? I'm like, half their age, they're not going to take me seriously. That's part of imposter syndrome. But people just take a look at you and say, oh, she must have known somebody or somebody introduced her to this person or she's so lucky to have X, Y, Z. But they don't take the time to like, and you're one of those people who's really vulnerable and open to talk about your story. Hey, career reviewer, I'm interrupting myself because I have something super exciting for you. I want to give you a free resume review. This usually go for $387. You can check out the link to book a regular call on the show notes. This offer is exclusive to my podcast listeners, and I do these reviews on IG and TikTok lives every week. All you have to do is leave an Apple or Spotify podcast review, take a screenshot of that, and send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. That email is careersinreview at gmail.com. In that email, you're going to go ahead and attach that resume that you want me to review, be sure to remove any personal identifiable information and give you permission to review that on a live. And I will give you all the personalized tips on how to make that resume better so that you can apply for the job you want. If you can make the live on the scheduled time, do not worry because I'm going to go ahead and send you the replay. Now, back to the show. 
in all of your channels, you talked how you came here with two luggages and one dream, right? Like that's one of your stories. Actually, tell me a little bit about that because like that's something that I'm trying my best to try to open up a little bit more about my immigrant story. And I'm trying to learn how to do that in a way that's authentic to me because before all of the social media stuff on myself, like I used to be a super private person, believe it or not. And it's hard for me to open up. And I think that's why people point the finger and say like, oh, it's easy for you. Like you're, you're lucky. So I love that you have this way of opening up that little window of your story of the two luggages in one dream. So tell me about that. I love that. It's like I'm getting emotional almost just because like, you know, you and I come from the same country and we have very similar backgrounds on like first gen immigrants learning English after we like were almost adults. Like I was 15 and I didn't know a word of English when I came here. Yeah. And I was also 15 when I came. Um, So for those of you that are listening, we come from the Dominican Republic, a beautiful island in the Caribbean. So the story of the two luggages in one dream, right? One morning, my mom and my dad decided that I was going to go to the United States. It was supposed to happen before I finished um, high school, but thankfully I was able to finish high school over there because it would have pushed me back coming here. You know, it's a whole story when you come in middle middle school, high school here because of my age. I mean, I was 14 when I graduated high school. I was 10 when I started high school. I mean, that's like really, really young. And so one morning after all that happened and we were ready to come to the United States, we have two luggages and one dream. That one dream for me meant to make my parents proud. So what does that really mean? Like, that's a big statement. I wanted to do whatever it took to kind of pay it back to my parents that sacrificed so much. I mean, I can tell you that my mom, when she came here, she didn't speak English as me, but she like went out of her way to work at so many different jobs. My mom would wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning while I was sleeping to go to work so that she could help pay the bills at home. And I was like 15, 16, so I couldn't work. I mean, you know, they're for, for real jobs here, you need to be 18. So for me, it was like, okay, I need to study. I need to get to where I can get before I, you know, I turn 18. And my mom and my dad worked there. My dad worked in a supermarket packaging packages for like 18 years. Okay. So my parents never graduated from high school. Let me start by saying that. And that's like really common in our country. I'm sure you know that. And so for the people that are listening, like, I want you to understand, like my parents did not even go to high school. So they did not know how to do high school. They did not know how to guide me through college here. They did not know anything about it. And the two luggages in the big dream means me and my mom walking in Manhattan, like in New York, to go to like this big university to see how could I apply for that college. And I remember my mom would go with me everywhere and I did not know English and I would use like Google Translate to like speak with advisors and everyone to find out how I could afford university because my parents did not know. And just having them next to me meant like a lot to me and I wanted to pay it back. And that was a big dream. And now that I'm looking at like back at it, like six, seven years later, yeah, I don't know if you saw, and, and for those of you that are listening, you can actually watch the Telemundo and Univision um, interview that they did to my parents where they speak about our immigrant story and just seeing my mom and my dad on national TV speaking about like, you know, our stories. I mean, you know that my parents used to watch telenovelas and like these big channels and now they're being interviewed like superstars. That for me meant the word, you know? And so that's the big dream 
A lot of people call it the American dream. A lot of people have different definitions of what it looks like. For me, that is accomplished. And because that is accomplished, now I can focus on like my own dreams, which were like literally like collateral with like the others. Like they were actually building themselves up to now. And now I want to pay forward. And that's why I'm like opening opportunities for other people. So I believe in the pay back, pay forward motto. And and I'm glad that I was able to do it for my parents that I will wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning. So I have food on the table and now I want to do the same thing. So when I have a family and for future generations, so they can see that and going a little bit more in depth, it's like, I want to have my kids look me up online and say, my mom was in Telemundo, my mom was in Forbes, my mom did this and that. That's the kind of like legacy that I want to build and leave. And all of that, I share it online because I want people to not be ashamed of sharing those things because this is who we are. And who we are shouldn't be something that we should be ashamed of. And I actually shared that like two days ago, like, like having a language barrier or like Having a different background is not something that we should be ashamed of. It's just our story. And I'm very like vocal about my story everywhere I go. And I hope that the people listening can feel and relate to this. Like you don't have to be afraid of showing your unique self in any setting. You just have to be yourself and and you'll find a place that will accept you the way you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, do you think that that has to do with like the personal brand that you've created for yourself, like telling your story and how you've been able to connect with all of the people that want you to be a speaker on their stages and like all of these amazing features. Do you think that that is related to that? And can you just talk to us a little bit about the personal branding piece of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that back in 2018, 2019, probably I had like a thousand followers. I literally had no one. People didn't know who Stephanie Noisy was. I mean, people knew me because I used to attend conferences. And so I was always very active on those conferences and I would make sure that people remember my name. But other than that, I had absolutely nothing and I wanted to become someone. And so I started creating content. That was right before I started Max Up. And so I was creating content for Max Up, content for myself and building that personal brand was what allowed me to have all those features that you're talking about to get my parents out there. I mean, having my parents on TV was probably like the best thing that happened to me in the world. The reason being is because it happened because I went viral in my home country. So like, imagine like you you made it in America, how people say, but then you also made it in your home country because it's now like everyone in your home country gets to know about you. And that's why the personal brand matters. Uh, I'm sure you know, but like in my home country, LinkedIn is not really like really used or, or well known, but I still build up my brand around like me, my home country, where I come from, my non-traditional background. The way I build that personal brand is by something, and, and I'm, I'm going to give a shameless plug here to someone who really inspired me. Her name is Mary Rodriguez. She works at Microsoft right now, and she has a book called Brand Storytelling. And I remember back in 2020, I reached out to Mary as a fan. I literally said, Mary, I love your book. I love how you present yourself online. I want to learn from you. And Mary like did you know events with me and all these different things. and. Now, at that same stage that I just spoke with entrepreneurs, Mary was also one of the speakers. I was literally stepping and standing on the same stage that she was speaking when three years ago, I was a fan of her, literally on her DM saying, I want to be like you when I grow up. 
and that happened. And so I'm sharing that to say that whatever your inspiration is to build something, like literally you said, to the core, like literally. And that's what I did. And that's how the personal brand started to get built up to what it is now. And I think it has to do if you found your niche, right? Some people find their niche in like TikTok. Some people find their niche in like Instagram. I found my niche in LinkedIn and I stick to it for as long as I had to until I built my brand. And I can tell you, you probably know this, but in career coaching, which is a space that I'm highly in, as someone who was probably like 19, when I started creating content, you probably know how much backlash I got because I was so young and I was probably like the only youngest career coach. Literally when Max Up came to life, we were one of the biggest career coaching platforms on LinkedIn during 2020 in the pandemic. And I was only like 20. So you can imagine like all the negativity and all the things that got to me. But what I did was using that as like my main motto, motivation to like keep building up that brand. That's how it all came to what it is today. Mind you, this is the high level overview because as you said in my course, I also talk about like how did that happen, but also it has a lot to do with consistency and hard work. So I post four or five times a week. I wake up early to post. I take time on the weekends to drop my post. So with all this to say, I've been doing this for four years. So it took hard work. Anyone who's built their brand on YouTube or anywhere can tell you like it takes years. It can take whatever time it takes. But once you reach that level that you want to reach, you'll know that it was worth it. I mean, you're living proof of it, (laughs) that it is worth it. You got your parents into these two of the biggest conglomerates, right, that are known to our Societies and I actually worked at Univision for four four years. Um, in the beginning of you know my beginnings in my career in HR, so it's amazing that I got to be featured there. Like everybody in my country, like in our country, in Dominican Republic, knows about it. So that's amazing. You're living proof of how hard work can really pays off, and it's totally worth it. Like and just explaining right now for people who might be curious, so well, how is she doing that with a nine to five? She just told us she works on the weekends. She wakes up early. She probably is working at all odds of the night. She's probably also making sacrifices, right? Uh, Stefan, correct me if I'm wrong. You're potentially making decisions of like, maybe tonight I don't want to go out. Like I want to work on my social media or tonight I don't want to go out. I want to work on the next course that I'm launching and creating content for that and shooting videos and whatever the case might be. That sacrifice multiplies tenfold in the, in the near future. But you just mentioned in your conversation that you found your niche you know, you were part of the LinkedIn Accelerated program and, you know, you are like the queen of LinkedIn. So do you <laughs> think... <laughs> That's, funny. That's my new title. <laughs> own it, own it, own it. Put it on your bio. Yes. Tell us about, you know, how that came about. Because I know you were part of the incubator program, like the very first one that launched. Tell us a little bit about that. And do you think that that had anything to do with part of your skyrocketed success in the past you know, few months? Or do you think that it's because LinkedIn saw that all of these years you've been behind their platform, really creating content all this time and kind of cheerleading them and putting them on all of these amazing features that you've been on? Yeah, that's a really good question. So just to give everyone a little bit of context, back in 2021, LinkedIn launched their Genesis, we'll call it, their their brand new creator program. They hire a bunch of like creator managers from different platforms and they kind of like invited 
like creators that were like really putting the work on LinkedIn to get a creator manager, to get help from them and things like that. Through LinkedIn, I got have gotten a bunch of like different like feature opportunities. Like I was in Fortune last December through LinkedIn and, and my creator manager. And so that by itself was a huge help to also like understand how to change our content a little bit and like new LinkedIn features. Like I was always on top of like all the new features that came out, always testing out stuff. And I went to the LinkedIn office multiple times and things like that. So they they have put a lot of work into like investing in their creators because they've seen that we keep the platform alive, literally. <laughs> so because of that, they started doing this program that you mentioned, the LinkedIn Accelerator program. They did the first one. I actually applied and got rejected. And it's funny because I made a post about it. I was like, I got rejected from the LinkedIn Accelerator program. And I saw some of my other creator friends that got in, actually only three of them that I knew personally that I've seen working got there. And so it's a really interesting criteria of what they're selecting for. After that one, I gave myself a chance to apply to the second one, which was a little bit more in the technology and innovation space, which I am. And I remember that I apply, but I use a different like way of, selling myself basically. So like, you know, when you learn from a rejection, you kind of like see what went wrong, what you could have done better. And I remember like I applied the second time around and this time I got in. And I think that as like going to your question, I think it has to do with a lot of multiple factors. Number one, like your personal brand, the case that you make, the project that you want to share and like whoever evaluates like those responses is kind of the person who's like deciding that. So I don't know if it's uh, the recent like months that I skyrocketed. I don't know if it's like the three years of experience, but I definitely can tell that the case that I presented um, in my portfolio helped a lot with that. And it's a matter of like you putting yourself out there. I mean, I never thought that I would be in like a creator program or anything of that sort, but here we are. I mean, not only that one, but I'm in the meta slash Instagram creator program as well got verified on Instagram and all these crazy things. And all of that happened because I gave myself a chance. And I, I, I um, what's this motto that I shoot my shot? I think it is. Um, so I shoot my shot at, at those things. And, and even sometimes when I got rejected, I just kind of like did it again. And that's the main key thing because people get rejected all the time. We all get rejected. Even the biggest people that you see out there, they get rejected all the time. Uh, I mean, think the biggest actors that you see in movies, like they all get rejected when they do casting. But what they do is that they keep applying and they keep going for it. So that's the key message here. Like don't stop even if you get rejected. Yeah, I love that. And I actually did apply for the Genesis, the incubator, the first one, and I got rejected. And I was planning on applying for the second one, but that's around the time that I had to take the break for some reasons that I'm going to be sharing soon. So stay tuned, everybody. But it's interesting because, you know, it's not easy to get rejected. You always take it so personally. It's hard not to take it personally. You think like, oh, like I'm not good enough or, you know, what did I do wrong? Especially for things like that, because I'm sure that there's so many people who are applying that it must be hard for the company or the platform to give you individualized feedback feedback or like why you could have done better. And at that time when I was like really getting into that stuff, like I didn't really have a community that I could like go to like to ask for feedback, like, hey, like help me out. What am I doing wrong? Like, why can I do better? But now this is like what I like about this networking space where I'm a little bit more entwined with like who's in 
the niche that I'm actually working with that I can have connections and conversations with because I love that feedback that you're giving. I think that applies for everything in life, but specifically with the job search because I do know that you've also shared plenty of times that you were rejected by Microsoft and all these other companies that you were really interested in, but that also opened the door for the company that you work at now. Stephanie, you've given us so many amazing nuggets. I loved hearing so much about your experience and your background and your awesome story. I love to close the podcast with rapid fire. Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Biggest pet peeve? Not being organized. I feel like I get really stressed out when like I don't have things organized, especially like we talk about content creation. So just to give you an idea real quick, like if I don't have my content organized or if I don't have a day where I sit down and organize my content, I feel very stressed out. Okay, cool. Best career advice? Best career advice I've gotten is to build a network, not just when you need something, but since the beginning up until whenever. So like, think of it as a long-term investment. That's like one of the best piece of advice that I've gotten. If all your accolades and all your followers were taken away today, and you had to start from zero, what would you do? I would look back at what I did in the past, take the best of it, and then start doing something new. If you're not doing the career you're doing today, aka finance, what would you be doing? Ah, that's a good one. Um, I like singing and I like acting. So I would be probably like doing one of those two. Get out. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> that's so cool. And the last question, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago, one piece of advice, what would that be? Well, 10 years ago, I was 14. <laughs> so at that time, I was finishing up high school. And I actually, this is very personal, but I went through bullying for a long time while I was in high school and middle school. So the, the advice I would give myself is like, hey, beautiful girl, like keep your head up. Uh, you know, don't let all their like outside comments describe or tell you who you are. You're the only one who gets to describe that. So Pretty sure the little staff back then will be so proud of me now. Oh, cute. Yeah, I can see 14-year-old staff definitely appreciating that. And I'm so sorry you went through that. That's awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's a, it, it, that's probably part two of the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm already committed. <laughs> well, we would love to have you a second time if you want to, because I know you have so many great stories. So it's just so hard to pack it down in a 30-minute show. But where can we find out more about you? When can we follow you and connect with you? Yes, everyone can find me uh, with my name, Stephanie Nuesi, everywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, they can also find Max up there as well. And you mentioned at the beginning, but I just launched a recent course that I know you'll probably be promoting. So if anyone wants to know how I made six figures with like different brands, how I work with like Spotify and all these different brands, I put all that info in that course and there'll be a part two to it. So the people that get course one will get a special like discount for course two. So this is the first time I'm saying that. So whoop, whoop. here for you. <laughs> whoop, whoop. I love that. Well, thank you. And I guess I'm going to be the one getting, you know, one of those discounts. Yes, you are. <laughs> me, love me some discounts. <laughs> Well, thank you, Steph, so, so much for being a part of the podcast and definitely extending the invite for a second part. Stay tuned. If you want to be a part of it, I'm happy to have you back. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. 
From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.